This is the 418th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter for the AJC, and we're going to title this episode just a look at Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Falcons' opponent coming up on Sunday. The Falcons 2-1 will take on the Jaguars 1-2 at Wembley Stadium in London. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and we're going to get right into it here with Coach Arthur Smith. We wanted to know Coach from Coach Smith what happened on those seven sacks against the Detroit Lions. And so when you're looking at a lot of things as a game like yesterday, and uh, and I'll give Detroit credit, you know, we had to do a better job. We knew what kind of game it was going to be. It's a prideful team. They were coming off a, a loss, and, you know, the first time on the road, they came out with a lot of a lot of energy. You know, we had a chance to, to do something, you know, those first few drives and make just get us going. We didn't, credit to them, and I just felt like we were in quicksand, you know, with too many third and 14 pluses. It's going to be a long day, and again, credit to them. They made some negative plays, and it wasn't like it was our, you know, penalties. Uh, I thought they, they came out in their intensity, and, and for the first time in a long time, I did not think that we countered that and, uh, and what was a sluggish and kind of ugly game, and we had a chance in the fourth quarter to, to steal some momentum back and put some pressure, and we didn't. Good breakdown there from the coach. Uh, coach Smith here, we're just going to go right into his film breakdown of the seven sacks. It wasn't a, a traditional seven-sack output that came in different forms and fashion, and here's what Coach Arthur Smith had to say about breaking down the seven sacks. Three happened on the, the play action, you know, different issue both times, and one of them happened. The next one was probably a, somebody, you know, was a little bit trying to overcorrect it, and, and you just can't. You just so obviously they happened, and then the third one, right? Said we, you know, give them credit. We never got the back out, so we're gonna hold that one. That one was a you want to call it a cover sack, but we can certainly execute better. And then we had one, you know, you get in that situation right before the half. They bring pressure. We have a mechanism, you know, to try to avoid that. And uh, that's a lesson learned. You don't want to see that. You know, the odds are small anyways. And second left and a half, but not to give them a momentum. Uh, yeah, that's just, and then the other 
right drop back and how they happen. Um, two were, were quick, quick hitters on the rush. And then one was, you know, we held the ball and kind of countered in there and uh, can give Detroit credit. But that's kind of how they broke down. They're all a little bit different. I will say this for a young player, you know, you want to see sometimes and not in an ugly way, but things are going to happen. And uh, how guys responded, I thought, you know, Burge uh, did respond. There's some other things, too, that with, with all of us. That, but that's kind of how it broke down. Well, all right, that was great detail on that. If you were keeping score at home, I got three on dropbacks, the two quick hitters. Those are when um, the guys were beat the Falcons right off the uh, snap and were already in Desmond's lap, so you can fix those. And then the two, the one he was holding the ball, and then um, he caught another one, a dropback. So that's all seven. The dropback ones are, you know, hey, he's got to get the ball out to the hot receiver or um and holding it too long you got to get it out to the receiver so that's four on the quarterback and the two the guys that got beat you know they they can't get beat off the snap that though you gotta fix that that so those were the breakdowns it was seven hits seven sacks and eight quarterback hits and we saw that early against the panthers as they got loose on the falcons so when we look at the Jaguars' defense, we'll look at their pass rush numbers and see who they're going to try to unleash over uh, in London. So that's something that the Falcons have to get taken care of here right away. Now, uh, the quarterback, you know, 35 possessions, only five touchdowns. They haven't scored off the opening script, I believe. I'm going to go back and double-check that. So, you know, Slow starts. We wanted to um, ask Arthur about Desmond Ritter's slow starts in the game since he's become the starting quarterback. You know, when so you look back at it, like, what are you calling, right? Like, what we, you know, it's been a mixed bag. We went back this morning and looked at all the openers from the seven starts. Okay, scheme. You know, what are you, you know, what are you trying to accomplish here? You know, yeah, absolutely. Because you got to look back, like, like, let's jump start this thing earlier. Because you look at his numbers. I, you know, I'll update him from yesterday, but whether you want to look at some of the advanced numbers, it's been pretty good. Then sometimes at the end of the half, right, moving the ball, and especially in the fourth quarter. Well, so, all right, what is it that we got to do to jumpstart? Clearly, we got to do something different. It's kind of been a mixed bag in the seven starts. And uh, absolutely. Now, um, the defense, they had a blown coverage, but then they tightened things up. It was 13 to three. With uh, a little bit under two minutes to go before half. And then the defense put together five stops. They forced four punts. Then Jesse uh, Bates the third had his third interception of the year. So they got five straight stops in a row and got the ball back to the offense uh, against the Lions over the uh, late second, all of the third, and then early in the fourth. But the offense couldn't get moving in the second half at all. So they wasted those efforts. But the defense did, uh, like they did at Green Bay, they strung together some stops, which would normally allow the offense to get back in the game if they could move the ball. But that didn't happen in this game against the Lions. So we uh, wanted to know from Arthur Smith if he, if he was uh, if he's surprised with how well the defense it's coming along, given all the changes with the coordinator and all the new players. 
No, even a game like yesterday, and that's the one thing too, where like those guys have been in some, you, know, you got some salty vets over there, right? Like that's what you're relying on when you bring, you know, Bud in, Dave, David, Calais, Jesse, Caden. The old analogy, it wasn't their first rodeo on the road. You know, sometimes like that's that's what the expectation is. You know, we just um, and I had a lot, you know, a lot of faith in the plan of why we wanted to bring some of you know the coaches we brought in here, and it hasn't meshed together. Now again, is we got to play more as a total team. I mean, that's what you want. Like last week, if you if you hold the ball for thirty six minutes and have an efficient day. You're not putting a lot of stress on the defense. Now, yesterday, the defense, I thought, held the line for a long time. And then what happens, like I said, in an ugly game, when you don't go and steal that momentum and you got a chance to maybe steal one, at least put some pressure on them, we don't do it. And then eventually, right, they get the momentum and and they kind of they got that uh, touchdown late. But, you know, you're right. And so very pleased with that side. There's some things, obviously, if you talk to those players, and that's got to be all our mindset. We all got to see what we can do better. But overall, like, uh, it is comforting to know that the guys you brought in were the right guys. Yeah, that's something they could build on. It's not uh, perfect over on that side of the ball. But, you know, they held them, and the uh, Lions scored with 954 to go in the game to make it a 23 game. And, uh, you know, that was pretty much the end because the offense couldn't get anything going there. So now the Falcons will move on to Jacksonville, who are one and two. And we'll get into We'll break down their record and their, their games here later on in the second half of the show. But here is uh, Arthur Smith on Jacksonville. They're a team that's going to come in this game desperate because uh, they got a really good coaching staff and they got a good team, good talented players, a team that's right. They've invested in essentially, you know, four pass catchers and the quarterback they took number one is a good player and they played well at the end of last season. And we got to, we got to play real well. You know, we know they'll challenge us and uh, it's a good defense, good defense scheme. I think Mike Caldwell does a great job. They've invested a lot in their defense too. And uh, it'll be a big time game for us. But that's the challenge. Can we learn from what happened yesterday and not let that become a pattern? Well, there it is, uh, Jacksonville. They did finish strong last year, won the last five, went to the playoffs at nine and eight, won a playoff game against the Chargers, and then went uh, down to Kansas City in the divisional round. That's kind of, um, folks thought that was a breakthrough season for the Jaguars in the AFC South, winning their first um title since 2017 well we wanted to talk to some of the players in the locker room on monday and uh we uh spent some time with lorenzo carter nate landman and young way Koo. here's what lorenzo carter had to say i thought it was interesting about his take on the morale of the team things are coming together for the unit with so many new people yeah for sure for sure um, it's a new system new defense and Guys are buying in, though. Um, it's different for some people, but we're starting to see the results and starting to see that the work we're putting in is paying off. In the adjustments, uh, I guess last week and this week, it looked like y'all were able to come out and you know, get some stops there in the second half. What were the adjustments like? Uh, just fixing the little things because uh, it's not like it's not like we're getting beat on a lot of things. But the plays that we do get beat on, uh, we, we take our time and make sure we get those corrected. So we just got to keep fixing those things and eliminating explosives. 
in about the week going over to London, uh, what will this be, be, um, be like? It'll be different, but it'll, it'll be different, but it'll be exciting. Um, everybody's excited to get a chance to go play another game, and then especially since it's in London, we get a chance to get away just be one as a team and come together and get a win. Have you uh, still looked at the Jaguars at all? No, not yet. Not uh-huh. yet. Uh-huh. What do you know about them just generally off the top? Oh, they got a good quarterback. Good quarterback, um, good skilled players. I mean, it's a good team. It's an NFL team, so they got a lot of good players, but we just got to come out and play our style of football. Also, on Monday, we knew that Troy Anderson was injured and likely headed to the injured reserve list and he was placed on injured reserve today and uh nate landman will take over at linebacker here's what nate landman had to say uh when discussing if he was ready to take over for troy anderson at the uh inside linebacker pulse ready to go if they have to come back to you yeah yeah always ready to go always you know ready to go last week and um ready to go each week prepare each week as a starter and um, coaches do a great job getting us ready and so yeah they'll be ready mm-hmm. what was it uh, you know I talked to you the Wednesday after that game what was it like uh, you know working with Caden inside oh, it was great uh, you know like I said Caden's a great leader me and him you know we kind of run the show out there and um, it's great to be able to bounce things off him and have confidence um, in him that you know he's going to help me and I can I can help him and you know, we can really just lean on each other to get the job done. And uh, Coach Gray was saying, hey, we might have to find a way to get you out there, but uh, so he said we might have to find some three-linebacker, uh, some old 4 3 stuff, I guess. But uh, uh, how does it feel knowing that, you know, you got to uh, be ready to go? Yeah. Um, they didn't it, create the spot for you, but. <laughs> yeah, obviously, it, this isn't the way I wanted to be on the field, mm-hmm. uh, losing Troy. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, next man up mentality, and um, like I said, everyone on this roster is a starter, and you know, everybody's just waiting for their opportunity. And now it's my opportunity to go, you know, make the most of the situation that that we're in. All right, Young Way Koo, the kicker, uh, missed the field goal there. Uh, the Falcons gonna need all their points this year, so we wanted to discuss with him, you know, the trip to London and. What does he do when he makes misses a kick like that and how they try to analyze it and break it down? Here is Falcons kicker, Young Way Koo. So what would be the routine? What do you remember most about the last trip over there? It's a, it's a quick trip, you know. Uh, we get there Friday morning. That's a quick turnaround, uh, making sure you're trying to do your best to get adjusted to the time a little bit. You, you won't completely adjust, but um, just making sure you're ready to go by Sunday. Uh, what's the morale of the team after the first loss of the year? You know, it's it is what it is, right? I mean, it's it's a one week season, NFL seasons like that every every year, every week. Um, just hit the reset button and go back to work. And uh, on your um, missed kick yesterday, what uh, what how'd you break that down? Um, I caught the turf a little behind. I just got to go back to a cleaner contact and hit a better ball. And uh, you know, how do you try to move on when you you know you know you know they're gonna need you again later on there? Yeah, just going back to the process and the foundation and the preparation that I put the work into. Um, I'm going to make kicks, I'm going to miss kicks, and then it's just back to the work that I put in, and then I'm going back to those basics. And, uh, um, you know, how does uh, Marquise talk to you at all or anything, or did he just kind of let you to your process and you get with Lamb and uh, Bradley and 
just work on the operation. Yeah, make or miss every week. We, we watch the film together, and then we just look at how we can do things better, how we can do things, you know, always trying to improve, whether it was a make kick or a miss kick. All right, I could have hit a really bad ball, but it somehow went in. It's like, all right, like, I'm not going to be satisfied with that. Let's work on how we can improve even on the makes or misses. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. The celebration. The Atlanta Journal Constitution presents. Hip hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip hop. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. And uh, before we move on, we want to bring to your attention this great offer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This special offer is for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. Again, that's subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We're going to um, take a little quick spin around the NFC South. The Falcons are 2-1, the Saints 2-1, Tampa Bay 2-1, and, and Carolina 0-3. The uh, Saints blew a 17-point lead at Green Bay, and then the Eagles had a little um, too much DeAndre Swift for Tampa Bay last night on Monday Night Football, and uh, they beat the Bucks. Now, uh, the Falcons will be playing the Jags in London, who are 1-2. and two. Um, The Saints will host Tampa Bay, which is 2-1. and one. And, of course, Tampa Bay will be at New Orleans. And then the Carolina Panthers will host the Minnesota Vikings in the battle of 0-3 teams. Now, a couple news items around the NFC South. Derek Carr was injured. AC joint. Don't know how long he's going to be out. Jameis Winston took over, drove it down to get Blake Groupie into field goal range, but he missed a 46-yard field goal with 110 to go. The Panthers lost 37-27 to the Seattle Seahawks. Bryce Young was inactive with an ankle injury, and the Red Rifle was 34-58. Andy Dalton is the Red Rifle. 34-58. 361 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and 88.4 passer rating. Uh, receiver Adam Thielen had 11 catches for 145 and one touchdown in that game. Tampa Bay uh, lost 25-11 to to the Eagles. Swift had 16 for 130, former Georgia Bulldog. 
Second game over 100 in a row for him for the Eagles. And then Baker Mayfield was 15 and 25 for 146. One touchdown, one interception, 73.1 rating. Now the um, series between the Jaguars and uh, Falcons, this will be the ninth meeting. Atlanta leads the series 5 to 3. Atlanta won the last meeting 21 to 14 on November 28, 2001 down in Jacksonville. And the Falcons have won the last four meetings with the Jaguars. So let's look at um, the offense here. So they've lost that game 37 to 17 to the Texans. But Travis Etienne did his job. He had 19 uh, carries for 88 yards. On the season, he's 49 carries for 205 and a touchdown. So he's averaging 4.2 a carry. Uh, Calvin Ridley has 13 catches for 173 and one. Had two drops and uh, two false starts in the Houston game. Uh, Evan Ingram has 18 catches. He's the leader with uh, catches with 18. And they got all three people with 173 yards receiving. Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, and uh, Calvin Ridley all have 173 yards. Ingram's got 18 catches. Chris uh, Kirk has 16. Ridley has 13. Those are the main weapons for the Jaguars, who opened in 22 personnel against uh, Houston with two tight ends. Luke Farrell was the first tight end uh, with Evan Ingram. Then the two wideouts, Ridley and Kirk, and one uh, running back, Travis Etienne. Let's move on. Walker Little is the left tackle. And Trevor Lawrence this year, is a, he was 27 of 40 for 279, a touchdown and an interception. And an 85.3 rating against the Texans. Uh, on the season, he's 73 of 113, 64.6 percentage, 736 yards passing, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and a uh, 84.5 passer rating. Defensively, they opened in a 3-4-4, according to Jesus, and some of the key defenders for the Jaguars are Trayvon Walker, the first overall pick in 2022 out of the University of Georgia. 12 tackles uh, so far this season and one sack. He only had 3.5 sacks last year. First overall pick. I'm thinking they're expecting a little bit more production this year. The wheel linebacker is Josh Allen, 13 tackles and three sacks. He leads the team. Uh, inside linebacker is Fourier Ulicon, former Falcon, off to another good start with 37 tackles. He led the league in tackles in the last two seasons with 192 and 184. Now, um, they had some blown coverages, too, against Houston. The cornerback, Darius Williams, was in the area, but they seemed to, to put it on safety, Rashawn Jenkins. One of the heavy hitters back there, six foot one, 200, 20 tackles. He has eight career interceptions. Now, um, one of the backups for the Jaguars in the interior of the defensive line is some of y'all know him from, from the podcast, our cousin Jeremiah Letbetter. He played 25 snaps against Houston and uh, seven special teams snaps. He's got four tackles on the season backing up uh, along that defensive line for the Jaguars. 
The punter is Logan Cook. The kick kicker is Brandon McManus. And the uh, punt and kickoff returner is Jamal Agnew. Very dangerous returner. And then just a couple notes on a, a note on London here before we finish up with the Jaguars. Falcons were over there in uh, 2021 and beat the Jets 27-20 on October the 10th of 2021. And that was, if you all remember, that was the Kyle Pitts breakout game. He had nine catches for 119 and one touchdown to help them uh, beat Zach Wilson and the New York Jets over in London. All right, just got a few more notes here on the Jags. Who um, they opened the season at the Colts with a 31 to 21 win. Then they lost at home to Kansas City 17 to 9, and of course to Houston 37 to 17. They uh, have five sacks. Allen has three. Clavion Chason from LSU he has a one, and Trayvon Walker has one. So. Um, Chason has got four career sacks. A lot of people wanted him in the first round uh, back in 2020. He went to uh, Jacksonville on the 20th pick. So that's uh, that's their defense. Now I just got a couple more notes here that Jamal Agnew, pro bowler, one-time pro bowl, one-time all-pro, dangerous returner. Special teams are going to be a factor here. Uh, he's returned four punts for touchdowns and two kickoff returns for touchdowns. He's one of the best in the league. So the Falcons coverage units will be on alert. Now the, the um, game against the Jag, uh, against the Texans for them, they had over four. So it's a dangerous, dangerous team. But got, they got weapons. They got a defense. They got to put it all together. They had over 400 yards. But the turnovers, drop passes, and penalties killed them against Houston. You know, blown cover. They lost. They missed a field goal. They had a punt return for a touchdown. So they gave up 10 points in special teams play. And they, they blew a couple coverages on some touchdowns. So, you mean, you, you know, that's that's uh, that's 14. That's 24 of the points right there. So that's how you get beat, 37 to 17s, when you help the other team out. Now, can they clean up all that stuff here before they get over to London? Uh, Ridley was a uh, part of the problem with two drop passes and uh, two false starts. So, you know, he's got to fix that. And then Williams was in the area, Darius, of the um, the busted plays, but looked like uh, Coach uh, Peterson wanted to put it on Rashawn Jenkins. So uh, that, those are the Jaguars. They present. A big challenge here. They did their team kind of like the Falcons, but they got the quarterback first in the uh, in the draft. Then they went out and spent money putting the weapons around them. They made the trade for Ridley. They got Christian Kirk. They had Evan Ingram on a tryout last year, and they ended up resigning him. So they got weapons. Travis Atn was a draft pick too. So you know they fortified the line and got their weapons. And on the defensive side of the ball, they've been. Um, Using the draft over there with uh, Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker. They did use some money on Foyer Olakon and uh, free agency. So it's been a mixture of free agent spending and drafting for the Jaguars, who were, again, 9-8 and eight last year and went to the playoffs and is one of the uh, playoff teams on the Falcons roster uh, this year. So this was a game 
Uh, when the schedule came out that you thought, okay, the Falcons are going to have a tough time over in London against the Jaguars. The Jaguars have gotten out the gate slow at 1-2, and two, and the Falcons are trying to bounce back from their first loss of the season, where, quite frankly, it didn't look uh, very good on the offensive side of the ball, and you had a blown coverage on the defensive side of the ball. So, But those are things that get worked out early in the season as the teams start playing more games. It's good to get to the fourth game mark when uh, you have a lot of uh, things on tape now, and you can kind of you know, zero in on, you know, some areas that you need to improve on and uh, where you, you know, need to, to focus as you move forward. It's pretty clear the Falcons got to get the passing game going. We knew that coming into the season. They were 31st in the league last year. We'll start ranking them next week after the four games. Uh, but it's pretty clear that they're doing a good job of stopping the run on the defensive side of the ball. Got to not let out the explosives. Pass rush is still not there yet. Got three sacks and 20 quarterback hits. So it's pretty um, clear some of the things are starting to come into focus on what the Falcons need to do to, um, you know, get better and make a try to make a charge here in this NFC South. That's, the, you know, not you don't really see any heavyweights in there. So there's a way there's a path and there's a way to get there. Got to just keep trying to improve. On both sides of the ball. But this will be a big test over in London. If, uh, you know, the Jaguars want to help the Falcons out, I'm sure they'll take the help because they sure surely helped out the Texans last week. So I'm thinking Coach Peterson is going to have his team ready to play and clean up some of those miscues that they committed in that loss to the Texans. So the Falcons are going to have to, you know, take it to the Jaguars if they're going to pull off, uh, pull off the victory across the pond. So with that, we're going to get on out of here and um, ask you to have a great rest of your week. And remember, it's 9.30 a.m. on Sunday. Don't sleep in. I don't know. Maybe you go to early service or go to later service. But the game's at 9.30 a.m. from uh, Wembley Stadium across the pond in London. Take care. I'm Ernie Suggs, racing culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about like historically black colleges and universities, Atlanta's thriving art scene, and the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Mm-hmm.